Welcome to the Bushy Black Brother Network. Welcome to our special edition of Car Wax. I'm Michael, your Bushy Black Brother. And as I said earlier, we're having our series of DJs as well as beat producers. And today I have my special guest, Wayne Hossein. Otherwise, or A.K.A. DJ Migraine. How you doing? Yeah, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Great to be here. Um, didn't take me long to come No, nope, it didn't take long at all. <laughs> Probably about a year and a half. <laughs> well, it was just a, a couple of steps over. Yes, See, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> and and, and I'm, I'm so happy just to have you on because right now... Um, you know, my history, I was a DJ, and now that I'm doing other things, creating beats, but you do it as a living. Oh, so uh, I'm, I'm, I envy you, and uh, I follow you. <laughs> First, let's start with your history. So Wayne is a Jamaican, you know, and I really wanted to know and, and let my audience know, you know, how did you pick up the music, then the DJing, and then the hip-hop, and then say music as a whole. So tell me your your history based from Jamaica all the way to the States from here. All right. Um, let's start with, I was a very sheltered child. Went nowhere. Your parents didn't let you out. Um, <laughs> got to high school and the Pandora box opened. I was exposed to any and everybody. And we used to have day parties called day fests. We used to start... Right. Um, 10 in the morning, finished 6 at evening for teenagers. Right, right. And the first time I went to one, I fell in love. Gotcha. Just just fell in love with music. It was dancing. It was then when, when couples danced together. You got a girl and mm -hmm. you dance. And it wasn't slow dance. It was, it was just dancing. It, it was, was just couple dancing. dancing. There you go. Right, right. Everybody danced. Fell in love. Um, and that's where it began for me. Um, with growth, um, you, you hear the music so much, then you get fascinated with, how can I do this? Yeah, how yeah. can you do You're it? Right. Even though I hear it, but yeah. how can I, I do, do this? this. Right, and right. It just, and, and that's where the journey just began. Went on and on until here I am. I'm, I'm now at the point where I'm actually trying to recreate making a record right, right now. So it's, it's just been an, a real great, nice, long journey. The, the great thing... Mm -hmm about my journey is, I don't know about anybody else's, and probably you could relate to this. When I was growing up, we got exposed to every single music format there is. Absolutely. From jazz, R&B, rock, classical, disco, classical yep. and being from the islands, it's reggae. Um, from Trinidad, we got soca. In, mm -hmm. in from Haiti, Zouk and Compa, you, you just salsa, salsa, yeah, every single thing and, and and everything. It was just it was just so nice then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, mm -hmm. it it was really great time. So so, but but what you are now is you're you're a DJ. So you go out and there's parties, and I I'll go out, I'll alter my music and my taste and the music that's needed, and you do that. There's not a lot of people who do that. There's a lot of people who get a playlist together and they stand there and they let it flow. And well, then they wait for requests. Request. Yeah, and that, that's not being a DJ. That's being a jukebox. Exactly. You put a quarter in and you, get, <laughs> and you pick the music put you want. Put $5 in and you're done yeah, for the day. You're done for that is, and, and I try to teach other DJs this. It's The music is in the moment. Right. That specific moment. I, I remember a saying growing up, people will not remember what you give to them, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Yep, right? exactly. If at that moment you can make somebody dance, scream, um, cry to a song you play, your job is done. Absolutely. You, you can't do that being a jukebox. You as a DJ, you got to go in, sum up. What sort of mood are these people in? There, there, there are some nights I'll go and um, 
nobody wants to dance. I mean, even me and Alicia, we we laugh about this. I I go DJ for eighty year olds, and nobody <laughs> dance. No, they all fall asleep. Right, right. <laughs> but, but they wanted the music but though. They wanted the music, and at the end of the night, you know, you'll have somebody come to you and go, "Do I remember? You know, nineteen sixty two. That song you played is when I met my second husband. Mm. Man, you brought back memories. <laughs> Your job is done. Right, right. <laughs> Your job is done. So do you select the the venues that you go to or is it opportunistic to say, hey, look, I'm doing some stuff that I'm supporting a group of people I know. But when the availability is there and there's some work, I'll just take it. How uh, do you how do you do that? Um, I do almost any kind of party okay. except teenage parties <laughs> and, and and teenagers. I don't know if it's a generational thing. And I mean, I like current music, but there are certain things I just can't get involved in. Um, and teenagers have that rebellious element about them. To, to, to borderline, it's illegal. Right. And, and, and even though it's music, I'm also an adult. Right. And there's just some things I, I just can't do. I'm not I'm not gonna sit there and play music and then, you know, this is going on over here and as an adult you turn a blind eye to it. Right. So I prefer not to be in that environment. I okay. just okay. leave that out. But I do almost any and every kind of party. I do a lot of Caribbean parties. And when mm-hmm. I and I, even though I'm Jamaican, I say Caribbean because as I, it's different islands. Absolutely. You know? So let's go back to the teenager you're here in atlanta um well we're on the outside of atlanta but basically atlanta has their own sound and with that old sound there's a preference down here do you bring any of that sound into what you play or you still hey look that's just that hip-hop rap stuff i'm not really going to incorporate that in or i'm just gonna say i have to do a little of that because even some of the adults there's something popular that's out that's i have to play for example i say migos right um i i did i did a new year's eve party just this new year's eve it was an adult party mm-hmm. but everybody it's new year's eve so they bring it's it was a family setting in a right place. right um, at around 12 o'clock all the adults dance I was playing Earth, Wind and Fire and all of that dance floor was packed um, one of the teenagers pulled their dad over and dad goes hey can you play some stuff for my daughter I had them partying from about 1 till 3 o'clock <laughs> it was Migos Nicki Minaj okay. 2 Chains and that is what a party is all about. You can go from Earth, Wind, and Fire to Migos. Mm-hmm. Yo, you, that is what the party is supposed to be. Absolutely. So the reason this is why I'm asking, because there's some DJs that don't mix it that way. Or they refuse to say, uh-uh, that's, that's not what I play. That's, you know what, I'm only going to do this genre. Or I'm just going to stick to this. Or... I'll have one or two in my playlist, but I'm really not going to play that. Because I got some old school guys who's like, nah, I'm not doing that. Then I got some young people who's like, I'm not playing that old stuff. I have, I know people like that. So that's why I enjoy how you set, you respect the music. I mean, we're going to go back to what you said earlier. We grew up listening to music, not a type of music. When you got all of that, when it's time to play it, you respect some of the new stuff. You ain't got to like all of it. And some of it is is trash, even though it's popular. But you do have to incorporate that. Now, I have another story to even go in depth. The dance music community here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Me and you were just talking about everybody is on this Afro House step. Yep. I'm trying to get into the to, into the dance music community. Would you believe in just that community alone? You got people who play classics and nothing else. People who play Afro House and nothing else. Mm. People who play Tech House mm. and nothing else. And I'm saying to myself, really? <laughs> this is how you guys break up your sets? 
Come on. If you have a crowd in front of you that wants to hear some classics, you going to play Afro House all night long? You've got to learn music on a whole. Come on. This whole thing about I'm a hip-hop DJ or I'm a reggae DJ or I'm a... You're just a DJ. Yeah. You're just a DJ. You're there to entertain, educate, stimulate, you know, have a good time. Mm-hmm. That is what it's about. So I want you to say that again because... <laughs> There's jukebox DJs yep. and there's DJs. Yep. So say it one more time. What a DJ job <laughs> is and what they supposed to do. You're supposed to entertain, yep. educate, yep. stimulate, yep. have a good time doing it. <laughs> and that's what lots of DJs now don't understand because there's too many of them that like what they like. And that's what they play. So they're going to DJ at a wedding. And the people who's getting married is in their mid-40s. But they're going to play everything that's new right now. And they're kind of like, I got my parents here. And I'm in my... Fo- I, don't, I don't need to hear all of that. And, and Michael, let me add to that. They'll play the new music with all the curse words yep. in a wedding, which is... It's inappropriate, yep. dude. There's a yep. clean version. Yep. It's a wedding. Come on. Or... Maybe that's not the music to play. <laughs> there you go. How about that's, that? Yes. Not, yeah. I mean, you got to admit, rap music really don't do anything for romance. And wedding. Nah, and, nah. Wedding. <laughs> nah. and see, that's romance. That's not, <laughs> I'm taking you home. There you you go. can put that one on. That's, yeah. that's not the party. You're supposed to be cooking up broccoli at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> there you exactly, go. exactly. So, and, and one other thing that you do, you you do travel a lot of times to do your DJing, and you know, you go to Florida, you do uh, little things. If people pay and say, "Hey, look, I need um, DJ Migraine's actual music," I know him. Uh, he was referred to me. Um, I'm having a, uh, an event going on. I want that guy. So, do you still do that traveling, and is there any limitations? Um, yeah, I kind of sort of, I, I kind of pick and choose. I have a 17-year-old son who, <laughs> right. 17, any, teenage years are the most difficult. Yes, they are. And daddy needs to be around, and that, that's my first, utmost priority. Now, I do take jobs, you know, they have to be selected, but a lot of my gigs are in town. I've, I have so a lot of disgruntled clients. Ah! <laughs> I have a lot of disgruntled <laughs> clients. But it's just a sacrifice you have to make for a parent. And and that is keeping it real as a, as a DJ. Right. A, lo- a lot of DJs tend to be, I'd lead a, a rock star life. And that is not life on all. It's it's it is just not a feasible reality. I'm mm-hmm. away from the music. Also, love my family. And, Absolutely. And you, you you've just got to keep things in perspective. Come on, you know, you got to be here. <laughs> yep. You know. So we talked in the past, and that was the one thing that um, that's why I enjoyed talking to you when we were talking about when you was listening or hearing New York music when you was in Jamaica and then you was saying wait a minute these are what we're doing down here now they're doing it in New York but look at how they're doing it kind of go into that because that was interesting to me because most of the major DJs in New York were from the islands well New York I'm going to tell you in the islands this whole New York thing it's 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 a very strange phenomenon Right. And and hear how it starts. When anyone from the islands leave and come to America, everybody think, yeah, we're going to America. They end up in New York and Florida. And Florida. New York and Florida. So down here and or up, up there. there. Okay. <laughs> so they they come to New York and um I'm in Jamaica. My cousin is in New York. Um and the thing is what can I bring for you? I'm coming down in the next six months and you're into music. Just bring me some records. Back back in the time, it was vinyl. Right, so right, my right. cousin goes into the store and buy the top 10 songs that are playing in New York. Mm-hmm. And that's what every DJ did in Jamaica. So you found an influx of DJs in Jamaica who was playing American music, mm-hmm. playing mainly stuff from New York. It's funny, when I came here, 
the stuff we were listening to, it's not played in Georgia. Nope. It's not played in South Carolina. <laughs> I was thinking, yo, you just come to America and play those songs. Uh-uh. Totally different. Totally different. Right. I found out in Baltimore, they listen to go-go music. Yep. Far, far different. In Miami, Chicago. Chicago has had its own sound. Techno dance. There you go. Mm-hmm. Detroit had yep. its own sound. And I was like, wow. So it, it was like a big learning curve for me. But most of the stuff we listen to in Jamaica... 98.7 Kiss FM. Mm-hmm. That, that was back in those days the cassette to get, right? And then we got the records to go along. Exactly. And then we then we kind of emulate what we heard on the cassette tapes. Right. And right. There you go. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a DJ yep. playing American music. And then it was like, you you a good DJ because that's the music that I've heard. There you go. Right, there right. you go. There I, I won't tell you a funny story. Um Early, early 80s, no, late 80s, and I tell everybody the story. I, I was a guest DJ on a radio station. I always do guest stints mm-hmm. on the radio station um, in Jamaica. And when house music came out, mm-hmm. first time house music came out, I got a pile of records from New York City that was house, tracks, label, all of them. And I was, the I can say, the first DJ in my country to actually play house songs. Really? Yes, from Chicago, um, Jack Your Body, um, Lalita Holloway, all of those stuff. I remember Ma Fumbe, um, mm. all of those. The first, the I had other cats coming to me. It's like, what sort of music is that? <laughs> and I said, well, I got some records from New York. <laughs> this is what they playing. This is what they're That's playing. what you should be listening <laughs> there, to. There you go. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So, so um, yeah, I was one, and that is how everything went. And then in New York, Reggae became huge yep. because of the old influx of Jamaicans coming. So it was like a big trade-off. You know, you got, you know, our music, even even in the hip-hop game, mm-hmm. a lot of them hip-hoppers hung out with Jamaicans. Yeah. Yeah, and they had but, that Jamaican sound. But the DJs were Jamaican. Jamaican. So <laughs> even though they didn't play Jamaican music, they were Jamaican. Jamaicans, yep. Yeah. So, and, and that's where, you know, because I grew up in the Bronx and most of the Jamaicans were there that were leading the hip hop. But yeah. you didn't know until you knew. There you go. Because it, a lot of it wasn't promoted, which was different. That, you know, I'm Jamaican. They don't say, yeah, I'm Jamaican. They just said, I'm playing the music. I'm creative. And they were creating and creating. But that was, that's interesting that that was that trade off because there was a big error that New York decided that hip hop is here, but reggae is right next to it. So we were just kicking in a lot of reggae. Then the rappers start adding Jamaicans, like Butu Bantan, he was featuring there, uh, a, a lot of different um, um, actual Jamaican artists. You want me to tell you a funny story? Somebody just asked me about Busta Rhymes. Mm-hmm. Busta Rhymes' mom and dad were first generation Jamaicans. Really? First generation. First generation. I, my sister-in-law lived in the same building and she used to say in her, in her Jamaican accent, she used to remember Buster Rhymes' parents going, Trevor, come in at the house. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. Right, right. So Buster Rhymes is, you know, like a second generation Jamaican. A, a lot of them, it, it's funny, I mean, not to brag because I'm, you know, I'm mm. a Jamaican. Some people think Jamaicans, but the Jamaican culture worldwide have so much influence when you look into little pockets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just all around. In Canada, Jamaican influence is heavy there. In Great Britain, yeah. Jamaican influence is, is yeah. heavy over there. You may not know it. You, you know who... Um, I've seen a lot in Jamaica. They just come here to the Japanese. They, right. they. I am Michael. I, I couldn't believe this. They would come to Jamaican parties when you're right. there, and they come in a bus. Like it's like a, it's like a, it's like a tourist scene. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. all come in a bus and they come to the Jamaican parties. And you know how disciplined they are. They all line up and walk <laughs> on. Like, Got the cameras hanging. Yes. <laughs> and they come in and they see the Jamaicans rolling one pants foot up, roll up a newspaper and stick in your back pocket, and grow dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. And they dress exactly like the Jamaicans. And they'll come into the party. No, not 
one word of English and they're going bow, 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 bow. <laughs> and I'm like what is what is this world coming to I, it is it's the most bizarre thing to see so it's it was isolated Japan China a lot of the Asian countries were so isolated that all they knew was their culture so when something is new they say wow I want to try that I want to do that there's great DJs in Japan yep Yep. You know, one of my favorites is DJ Crush. That dude is amazing. He mix Japanese and different kind of um, sounds with hip-hop beats. Yep. And he's a major DJ. He's fantastic. But they created it because they saw something, something that they were the, not used to, used to and said, I'm going to master this. Well, 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 Michael, the Asian culture is you go to school, get an education, and you're extremely disciplined. Yep. I mean, the whole hip-hop culture is free thinking, you know, be creative. Mm-hmm. You don't have that as a child nope. in the Asian. So when you get a chance and you see that, it's like the Pandora box open. Yes. I can do it. Yes. <laughs> and you can't make me stop. Yes. There you go. Right. There right. you go. Yeah. But but back to the New York thing though, because mm. we were saying New. I. It's it's a shame. I've been to New York once what? since I've been here in America. Let me tell you something, man. The greatest. I, I was like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> a seriously kid. The melting of cultures. Yep. That's what makes that city great. Incorporation of Italians. You know. The Hispanics. The Hispanics. Everybody and mm-hmm. everybody's so even though everybody is one, everybody stays true to their culture mm-hmm. and it comes across in the music. That is what's beautiful about New York City. And any DJ will tell you his dream is to play for a room where everybody comes, no discrimination, everybody's together having a party and enjoying it and enjoying it and that's what new york is that old city yep. that's what it is yep. everybody's just are you japanese no i'm a new yorker hey, you know are you Jamaican? Oh, no i'm a new yorker no, i'm a new yorker i'm a new yorker yep. i come to party yeah hey you from panama <laughs> yeah but i'm a new yorker new yorker that is what's beautiful about the music here i love that city really love that city so let's go to being a dj you know there's a progression all DJs progress, you know, even in the hip hop genre. There's DJs, they play, they play, they play. Then it's time to produce because without producing, it's kind of like I'm just a DJ. So when did you progress into start creating music? All right. Um, got some advice from someone. Okay. Says, look here, you can make money being a DJ playing in your community, playing for weddings, Caribbean parties, what I do. You make nice money. If you want to become very successful at what you do, you have to produce. You have to add that to your name. That's the only way you get on festivals in Europe. You're a DJ producer. A lot of those guys that are techno, so-called techno DJs, they're not really DJs. No. They're record producers. They make hit songs. (laughs) So everybody books them and they, they fill stadiums. So I'm saying they know my, what they made. Right. Yeah. So I'm saying to myself, I can live speakers, have this sound, knowledge of music, and I will die an old guy <laughs> just playing all these songs. Back all bent yeah. over. I say, like, yeah. <laughs> Yo, you've got to produce. You I have no musical tra- you don't you don't even how technology is, you don't even have to know music. I, my biggest fear was I don't I've not played a piano. I don't know anything. Mm. How technology is Yo, a lot of those guys have not either. No, it's, not at all. Yeah, it's just your ear. Yeah. You know that a song is supposed to sound a particular way, you know, and, and you just feel. Mm-hmm. Feel for the song, and you got a record on your hand. So explain to me one of your first ones that you actually started on, and once you finished it and you listened to it, how, how did that feel? All right, one of my first production was, well, actually, a a young man brought his track and just rapped over it, and I just kind of directed slightly as a record. You know, I'm a producer, so I go, hey, you're off here, you know, you got to do this here, put the ad-libs there, and with a computer, you got, you know, your DAW, your software, 
he can say anything he wants. I can move him where I want yep, him to go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. So chop him up. up. I just <laughs> chop him up and, you know, set him right. And he was so happy with it. I said, yeah, I'm proud of it. You know, that was one of my first work. Now, I'm... The bad thing about being a producer is I start projects and don't finish them. <laughs> uh, see, <laughs> we hate people like you, you yeah, know? Be like, yo, I when are you going to be done with my project? I have like five or six projects right now just sitting there. Some of them is the, actually not my fault. Right. Somebody needs to come in and, you know, voice them over. Or, or finish add, up, really. Yeah, finish up and add parts. So I have them say, but I have like projects, you know, just sitting. And and that's a part of the creative process because you, you'll have a big idea and you, 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 you put this there and you put everything there and you go, man, you leave it there two months down the line. The rest of the idea comes to you. Yep. And you go, let me open this back up. This is when I'm going to finish. So you really don't force the process. You right. just you you let it kind of happen natural. Some people say it's lazy, but <laughs> I, I kind of I'm calling it let it happen just in Naturally. a natural way. Right. You, you can't force it. It 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 has to come to you. So so what I try to do, I try to make beats so I can have background for my podcast. So, so I initially started and said, well, it's got to be kind of hype, kind of be doing that, do my introductions and no, 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 it has to go right. Then how do your beat sound behind a voice that doesn't go up, oh, that doesn't go. Some things it's a little easier because you don't have a rhythm because there's no one singing or actually rapping over there you it. Go. Yep. But it's a great way of actually building up. So to your point, you have to get a good feel. But do you create like a library and then when somebody come in, you can say, hmm, let me pull this one out, make the alterations to this guy because I can hear his voice so I can hear his tempo and this one is there except for creating as he comes in yeah. do you you do you kind of do that yeah, as well i do that most definitely the, 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 what the person bring has to match what their what you got gotcha. you don't you don't um you don't just you know do something and then they add but let me get back to an earlier point you make um and i'm going to share this with you as a producer i learned along the way getting it right it's not always right. And 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 Michael, let me tell you, I know what you're going through. Yeah, yeah. I won't fix that point. A lot of songs that are great songs were mistakes. Yeah. They were mistakes. Yeah. So don't try to get it right. And I do, I've learned not to because I know you, you're like me. You want it to be perfect this way. Don't. Right. Let it be natural. There's there's something with something that's created naturally mm -hmm. than something that is just right structured structured yeah. and correct no it has to happen because we are natural people we you know we are of nature we stuff the stuff stuff and the like natural sounds sound. that come to you there you go if it's structured you give up on it of, because it, you know what's next it, it becomes boring yep. it has no personality at all so it's okay not to get it right that's right. a that's that's a production side of it uh, okay, i'm, I'm shared with you so good advice thank you so much <laughs> don't, don't don't kill yourself <laughs> thank to you get so it much right. yeah right <laughs> but back to back to the music um it depends on the person um what you're looking for um what sort of feel you want um I, I'm coming from a background where I listen to, as I said, every kind of music, all the genres. So I'm not going to have someone come in and go, well, I'm just going to do hip hop, but I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to see what fits you. One of the worst things I, I, I'm telling you, and this is one of the problems with music now, is people not being honest. Um, I don't want to see a middle-class kid who grew up with parents who work hard, mm -hmm. gave him everything, make a record about slinging dope in the streets, <laughs> um, how hard his life was, 
dude, you're a liar. Yeah. Go yep. away. You yep. are such a liar. Because and then it's not natural. It is not. It's and, not natural. And it's a problem with music. No, everybody believe they can sing and rap about anything. You are not being honest. Right, right. I like, I want you to be sincere. Say what you're feeling. Do who you are. If you are from the islands, it's okay to go, yeah, man, and do I can find a place for you like that. Don't be a guy from Alabama who used to shoot raccoons, come and tell him, I'm a rude boy from that. Please go away. <laughs> go away. You are not being honest. Right, right. It's a problem with music nowadays. You are not... People just making records because they figure it can sell. Right. It right. don't last. I don't hear your honesty. You're not being sincere. So your music, I'll play your song to make a crowd hype. In the next couple of months, it's not connecting. I, it's just garbage. Because it's done. Yeah. Because if it sounds like everyone else, because that's, that's, that's what me and my son go through. He likes a certain kind because he said, but that's, that's the style that I just listened to. But if that style is the same as six other people, then why is this one just as good as the other one? Right. Because it sounds the same, same way. Thing. So here's a question as a producer. As a producer, do you have the artist dictate, this is what I want to hear, or are you creating for the artist? Or is it a combination? It depends on the, the actual artist. It's, it's actually a big balancing act. You have to learn to play Jedi mind games <laughs> with people, but but that's what a producer does. You, you have to play Jedi mind games to get the best out of that person. Sometimes a, people would not know. Um, being a DJ is absolutely so important to production mm -hmm. because you are the guy who actually listens to the end product. You're the guy who buys the end product. You're the guy who plays the end product. It, it really stops with you. Right. right. A lot of producers really don't think, I can tell you what record is going to be a hit record, what is going on, because I've done it so long. You lived it. There you go. Right. A lot of people will come to make a song and go, well, I want to do this, but what you want is not what's really good. It's what you want. Right. I can steer you in a direction that, look here, if you do it this way, yo, you're gone. I had a young lady over, and this is one of my, I'm working on this project Um, just like, like a month ago. Mm -hmm. I said to her, she does spoken word. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, why don't you, and it's kind of letting the secret, but, you know, it's it's already late. Why don't you put what you're saying? You're on Facebook every day making blogs. Why don't you put it on a record? Considering the state of America, mm -hmm. it is funny. I have not heard one song that's really talking about the state of America. None. Back in when I was growing up, you always you heard. You always it. heard. There, no. there were so many artists that said. You know, well, fight the power. You had do, do you all know? types of rap. You had R&B people. You had so many people saying, this is what the hell is going on. There you go. Right. I said to her, why don't you come make a record for me? Come say what you're saying on there on a record. Right. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yes. You are saying this on Facebook every day and it's hitting home. But make me a record. And that's what a producer does. Right. I, she, she's not a singer. She's not a rapper. She does spoken word. Mm -hmm. But I can put you to a beat and your message will have some impact somewhere along the line. It'll resonate. There you go. Because the music keeps people in a certain mood. And then they listen. So it's up to the producer to get the mood right for the spoken word. There you go. I'm a big advocate of the producer helps the artist. Not the artist knows what music matches him because or her. I don't believe that. I think I can give you some beats, but based on who you are and me listening to what's going on, in the music industry, I can give you a hot beat so it can sell, or I can give you the best beat that sounds great for you. 
it depends on what you really want. I can give you the hot one, but it won't last. But if people hear it and it goes well with you, then it's like, wow, this is, I can feel this. And that's what, that's what I guess we learned as DJs. As DJs, we can play music and you know how people feel. Michael, let me add to that. I found out Barry Gordy mm-hmm. used to have several different artists sing the same record. Yes. Wow. The Temptation had a version. Smokey Robinson had a version. And you'd pick the best one out of that. <laughs> That's what a producer does. That's what, because he was like, nope, that sounds yes. good with you. you that don't, nope. yeah. don't sound, sound good. Yeah. That one. That's the one. Release that one. That is the one. And growing up, we used to hear stories about Jamaican producers. And um, a lot of the reggae hits, we had something in Jamaica called a dub plate. Yeah. And what that was, it was acetate that those producers used to cut. And almost every producer back in the 70s or 60s, they had their own sound system. They kept parties. Mm-hmm. And they would bring their records and test them out on the dance floor. And come Monday, it would be in the pressing plant. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Come Monday. You, you can see or feel what is going to become a hit. It's the same thing you heard about the great producers in New York. You know, the garage that mm-hmm. everybody spoke about. When you hear about them making records or, you know, DJ Lara Levan playing a record and everybody is in the store Monday morning. Looking see, for it. Looking. Hey, right. you heard that Peach Boy record? You mm-hmm. heard that Peach Boy? And he knows what to put out. I just saw a documentary with the owner of West End Label. And all the stories are the same. West End that did Heartbeat, you make oh, me feel, that, that record. And, right. and all of them, the stories are the same. They would have the DJ play the record, the test press, mm-hmm. and they would watch the dance floor and see what to release. Mm. So a, a good one, it was The Get Down on Netflix. Did you see that? I've, I saw a YouTube clip with Grandmaster Flash talking about The Get Down. So it talks about how some of, because it went to hip hop and that's where I grew up. And then it went to the disco era where they were using disco music and then put it into the actual clubs and see how the people react to it. And then when they react to it and it was a good disco hit, the DJs, hip hop guys took the break beat in there and made it more popular. So they got more sales based on it being in the disco clubs and in the hip hop side. Well, well, let me add to that. That whole disco thing, man, <laughs> that's an overstated uh, term they use for music. Mm-hmm. What are what is a disco record though? Disco record is an up-tempo R&B yeah. record. Yeah, it's an black R&B. R&B record. Yep. It's, it's, yep, yep. They just call it disco. They, they they try their best to put it in a category. It's R&B music. It's it's black people music. Yep. Shalomar was like, even though they tried to deny it, it was up-tempo. Donna Summers. Donna Summers. It was mm-hmm. up-tempo R&B music. Mm-hmm. Now, what was hip-hop? A lot of people just... Saying, well, hip hop is rapping. Hip hop is more than rap. Yes, it is. It, it, it is. It is the clothes, it's the dancing, the music that hip hop DJs play. And if you check the history of Michael, mm-hmm. hip hop DJs, they were talking over old disco records, yeah. old rock beats, old, old jazz, R&B, old, old R&B. blues. It, there yeah. you go. Anything that the DJ throwed in there so when a guy's gonna go well I'm, I'm listening to this type of music this is hip hop yo you've got to do your history yep, exactly. have to do your history it was talking over record to get the dance floor going or get your message across and that's what hip hop was yep. so it that's why if you listen to a lot of music now they're trying to break hip hop again because there's a lot of artists that's using alternative beats. They're not really talking about gangbanging or whatever. They're talking about, some kids are talking about depression. They're rapping about depression. You know, X Extension, you have um, Will Smith's son, which that was one of the most creative albums I've ever listened to. You have a lot of this, and they want to break that off and say, that's 
not rap. No, we didn't say it was rap. It's hip hop. That's still part of the hip hop genre. But people want to separate that because that's how it sells. They need to categorize it to sell it and see how much more money is this making compared to the regular rap. So if they categorize it, it works better for the industry as opposed to the person who's buying. Right. Well, that is from the guy in the seat who went to Harvard um, that studied marketing <laughs> yep. and don't have a clue of what music. He didn't exactly. have a music class in his life. He just no. knows how to market, which uh, I that, that's another Pandora box. I don't even want. <laughs> Let's to keep that one closed. That's, I go just, from there. I, I just leave that all alone. But they do try to put us in category. It, right, it, right. it, it is all black music. It, it's coming from one place. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's actually, you know, with this whole Black Panther movement. Everything is African. Yep. Somewhere or another. Yep. Every single thing. The playing of the drums, um, the talking over the songs. The reads. The every single yep. thing is African. Yeah. Everything coming. All the I mean the, the dance music, the disco music, what we sing, it's it's all African. And it's and coming from an island where I saw the progression of music and try to figure out, you know, what was what. And then you come here and you hear music from New Orleans, yo, you hear Africa in, in that song. You hear Africa in, in the music from New York. You, yeah. you, you just it is just but the guy in the chair, he wants to separate it. Yeah. He goes, this is this, this is this, and we're going to market this as it. So if this one sells, there you go. we can keep pro- promoting that. Don't promote that because that one didn't sell right. once we put it into the market. And, and it, it's, it's all a marketing ploy. No, I get that. Yeah, yeah, That's business. All, but if all, you appreciate music, you're going to appreciate music. Music, It doesn't matter how they categorize it on that. Right. So, but when you're looking at... so. Let me ask you this. When you doing when you creating beats, do you put it on SoundCloud just to see the reaction to that? Um the the one project that I finished, I gave it back to the guy. I, okay. I yeah, I don't yo, it's your job to put your stuff out there. I, I I just, you know, stay. The rest of the production that I'm doing, they're still in the process of, you know, working out, you know, adding stuff to them. As I said, I need, you know, the artist to come back over, you know, to finish, you know, doing parts, you know, to make it right. So right. um the SoundCloud thing I've not done yet. Okay. Um, I put out mixes on SoundCloud. Okay, okay. Yeah, I put out mixes on SoundCloud, but the whole production thing, nah. So, and and the reason why I like SoundCloud is because there's a lot of beat creators, um, production artists that put their stuff out there because they're creating and they want to see the reaction. They want to see the likes to say, you heard it, do you like it? You heard it, let me see where it's coming from. Um, and SoundCloud is a, a, a great outlet for that. So I really enjoy a lot of times just actually listening to be creators because um, there's some Korean guys that I just love listening to. And I was like, where did this guy come from? North Korea. This is South Koreans. And I'm I'm listening to that, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is pretty interesting." Listen, let me remind you of a group. Do you remind remember a group back in the late seventies, early eighties named Sukiyaki? Mm-mm. Yeah, they were actually Japanese girls singing R and B music. Really? Check it out, Smokey Robinson. Sukiyaki. Sukiyaki. That's okay. the name of them, and they had the harp and all that sound in mm. there. Yo, amazing. That's what music is all about. Yeah. Yo, you, you Masakela. Yeah. You, this guy. Hiroshima. That's, I love Hiroshima because they were jazz, but they was a jazz alternative. And I was like, so there's, there's groups around the world, but now because of the internet, it has expanded everywhere. And you can get more of it and not what the radio is pushing and not what anyone. You have access to all music everywhere. Yeah, that listen, music now is absolutely amazing. We don't need to jump on a plane and go to New York no, to find music. No. Anymore. But even though Michael, Michael, let me say something though. Internet is great though. But I do miss going to a record store and digging through crates. Be- because that was an art. So see my late brother and I, we were talking about that. People don't understand. People like us who were DJing, we created the sound. We bought albums sometimes 
12 of them. And out of the 12, you probably found two things yep. that kind of was good. But if you know the history, because we, we would turn the album around and say, so who's on here? Who's featured on here? Oh, Ralph McDonald. He's a percussionist. Hmm. What about him? Okay. Yeah, that's uh, uh, he used to be on Chic. Oh, I like his sound. And then you can say, I'll buy this one. I got one for you. I have a Muhammad Ali record singing R&B. <laughs> have you ever heard that? <laughs> I it's don't know. Not bad. Michael, it's not bad. I'm going to play it for you one day. Uh, okay. I'm going to play it for you okay, one day. Okay. Yeah. You. You've got all time. Ta- um, there was a guy, and, and only, you know, guy. Barry Gordy had a son named Rockwell. You yeah. remember him? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I brought was, his stuff yeah, you because see, it was popular. There you go. Back in the islands, you know, I have Americans go, you listen to that? I said, oh, yeah. We, yeah. we had a lot of stuff you would not imagine. We did listen to it. It was a Pandora's box. You just had tons, and, and that's what's missing. When I, It comes back to what we were talking about earlier. A DJ said, you're a hip-hop DJ, so you don't play great R&B songs? Yep. You are this DJ, so you don't play? No, dude. Come on. And you don't play alternative music. Right. You have music that's alternative to R&B, but has an R&B sound. Of course. You have rock records that have a soulful feel. There's so much music. If you love music, then you'll listen to anything. Michael, where did you think the term blue-eyed soul come from? (laughs) Yo, it's Caucasian artists who sang with soul. Yeah, and we're going to deny them. them. Yeah, Um, they don't come to mind right now. But I have one for you. In Jamaica, a lot of people didn't know Bobby Caldwell was Caucasian. (laughs) (laughs) What you won't do for love? Everybody go. He's white. I know you're lying. What was it, Malcolm McDonald? Yeah, Michael McDonald. Hall and Oates. Yep, Hall and Oates. Yeah, it was average white band. Band. They said it. Yes, but you, when you hear them, you're like, Jesus! You could, they you, all you didn't know. Yeah. I mean, Tina Marie. I don't know if I should put her in that. Nah. Tina Marie. I really. But I, you had to. But the only reason why you gave her more of a pass is because she was with Rick James. Yeah, but still, though, she had a voice on her, bro. Beautiful. Yeah. Soulful. soulful. Passionate. I'm like. She competed with the best of the the the. The, the, the black women that was out. She competed with them. Did you see her story? You know that they could not market her? There was a time really? they couldn't put on an album because black folks thought it was white music and white folks thought it was black music. Thought it was black music. So she was caught up. Right. The guy from Harvard didn't know what to do. <laughs> so how do we market this? How do well, we she's a white it? woman. Okay, yeah. so let's put her... But you know what? The demographics there doesn't... To put them over... over yeah, yeah, they could yeah. not, they had problems marketing her. And you just shake your head. But she was like, wow. But there were tons of guys like that. And to say now that, that music has to do with race, who's white, music has nothing to do with No, that. music has no color. Color, nothing. And even though they said, well, that white guy sings with soul. No, he sings. Yeah, just that. He's Michael a great Bolton. singer. Michael Bolton. Bolton. Yep. Phil Collins, yeah. you could, you could, we could just go on and on and on and on, but music is music. Music is music. See, that's why I love talking to you. <laughs> You're another history guy that kind of keep me in line and make sure. But Michael, the history that. is extremely important. It is. If you don't know where you're coming from, you don't know where you're going to. You have to trace the roots of what the song is and mm-hmm. where is it coming from so I can do a better job of recreating it. I mean, when you listen to some of them instrumentals, mm-hmm. you know, back in the 70s or even the 60s, you're just like, wow. So I pulled up one. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I pulled up because I was just listening to old stuff. Dennis Coffey, he did the theme from SWAT. He did a lot of the TV show instrumentals but in between that he had like some um, jazzy uh, that we used in hip hop and this was a white guy yep. his whole group was white guys with a couple of black people in there but when you first hear it you'd be like oh yeah it got that soul yes. in it 
white guy. It, uh, it, Back it, in the 60s, I believe. Late 60s, early 70s. It doesn't have any color at all. It it's just It's just making music. It's just what's... Uh, the key to it is, is what sound good. Mm-hmm. And that's another point I, I, I want to... You know, you know, I always argue with DJs. Do you listen to what you play? Do you do you ever just sat down and put something on and go and listen and to listen it? Listen to it. Do I play this? Because if you really do and you have an ear for music, you would probably look at it differently. A lot of cats don't. They don't. They don't. They just put. They know it's a hot. Record. They know what the top twenty is, right? And they say, "Well, gotta play it." Yeah, and that's it. You will not go out and go. This is a hit. This is a hit. How many DJs you know now that break records? Back in our days, you had DJs breaking records. How many DJs you have now that actually break records for? Only producers. Yeah, zero to none. Yeah, nobody. Yeah. nobody does that because you don't have an. You don't develop that ear to say this is going to be the next hit. You wait until the radio or the record label tells you it's a hit. I mean, um, Carly B and um, oh Cardi B. Yeah, what 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 was this guy? And Bruno Kodak, Mars. Kodak, Kodak Black. Yeah, no, Cardi B and, and Bruno, um, Bruno Mars. Yeah, have this so-called great hit record out now, and everybody's saying it's okay. I said. I personally don't really <laughs> like it. I said, how oh, can you say that? It's a big hit. I said, it sounds like a cheap imitation of one of my 80s hit records. It's just... And that's who he is. Yes. So if you want to dance and have fun, fun that's fine. Yeah. Put I'm, it on. I am not... But don't tell me it's a hit, hit. though. It's, I'm just not into it. You just commit a sin saying that that's not a good record. I'm not committed a sin. I'm using my ear. And I... So I'll give you an example. We did a podcast on two ladies... Um, one was hot, one was pretty much unknown. It was Seven Streeter and Scissor, S-Z-A. Mm-hmm. You know, no one heard of Scissor. Seven Streeter, people was like, oh, her voice, is, she's amazing. She, I was like, I don't like her. I said, that's what they're promoting. I said, Scissor has soul. Listen to what she's talking about. My son was like, meh, it's okay. Meh, it's okay. I said, yeah, I think she's the better one. So I had the ear, and she's the one who's got nominated for Grammys, sold, and she's everywhere. It's because I heard yep. what she she's saying. Her style was different and soulful. The lyrics on there made you go, wow. So she had a combination of things with good production on the back end. Because I always say, you can be the best singer in the world, but if your production stinks... This- you're no good. Jay-Z had a great album, but his production stinks. Yeah. No. Sorry. It stunk. Yeah. But most young people don't use their ears. They'll no. tell you Migos is the greatest. My son tell me that Drake is the greatest of all time. I said, Drake is entertaining. I said. He's not great. Christopher, please. <laughs> You see what your dad does. Don't tell anybody that Drake is the greatest of all time. So don't tell him that you told your dad. Dad. You, or, can, you can love him all you want. Or don't use my name. Yeah, don't put my name in part of that. <laughs> Just I don't want to be associated with that. The greatest of all time. But to them, they'll say stuff like that and not but know. It's, but it's entertaining. So that's why when we do the podcast, there's entertainment. There's club worthy and there's good music. That's how I look at it. They're just like, but wait a minute, the one that's in the club is good. No, that's not. It's club music, it's entertaining, and then there's good music. Let me say this about club music. You gotta enjoy it when you're high and drunk. <laughs> I'm just serious. I mean, if you you step into a club and listen to what you're playing sober. Right. It's not you, you're gonna be like yeah, really? I you need to have, cut this off. You are have to be drunk or oh, high or you're not paying any attention. You're talking to a girl over there and the beat just, just goes on and she wants to dance with you. You're not paying attention to the song. No. So you can, it's not good. It's based on what you hear in the club. There you go. So if I review it, it's club worthy. Yes, club worthy. Did you like it? No, but it's club worthy. 
So if I'm rating it as a club-worthy song, I'll give it a seven. I think if you put it in the club, people will be excited. Will I play it at my house? No way in hell. I go. just won't. Well, let's backtrack to when we started, Michael. Don't play it at a wedding either. Yeah, the wedding. <laughs> don't. Please. Don't play it at a bar mitzvah. A bar mitzvah. Don't. Or child's christening. You know what it's saying? Do not. Don't. Please. No. It belongs in the club. Leave and leave it there. And just leave so it there. So respect music where it belongs and where yep. it sits. Yep. So if you're going to be fair about it, make it fair in that way. So if I just say I hate it because it's a club song, no, I don't like it personally, but I know where it belongs. There you go. You are oh, absolutely right. I'll listen to Drake because it's entertaining. If I just want to be entertained, I really, you know, I can put it in the car and just, oh, no, this is cool. I'm just driving along. That's entertaining. But if I want good music, so I'm driving and I want to feel good, I want to hear some things, I'll put on good music. Something just came to me, Michael, to add to your point. Recently, if you're reading the news, Quincy Jones said that Michael Jackson stole a lot of his stuff. Yes, he put a lot of stuff out there. Really? Yes, stole a lot of his stuff. Let me say Quincy this. Jones? Quincy Jones said, said a lot Damn, of his dog. stuff. That was his boy, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> even them had some disagreements. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the stories was Queen, another one bites the dust. Mm-hmm. Michael warned him, if you don't put that out, I'm going to <laughs> Well, let me say this. Michael Jackson right, right. and Madonna is the next one. Um, a lot of people might get mad at the thought. Hey, you know, these were great artists. But let me tell you a little story about Madonna. Madonna used to frequent the nightlife in New York City. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. She took every little part, even the dancing, that Vogue dancing stuff. Yo, she Studio 52. There you go. Michael Jackson, that moonwalk thing, everybody thought he invented it. Absolutely not. The first guy, and he'll say to Tati, was Jeffrey Daniels from Shalimar. Where did Jeffrey dance on Soul Train? Right, right. Right, Jeffrey was a dancer. That's how him, Jody Watley, and Howard Ewan, they met together mm-hmm. on Soul A lot of the nightlife. Back in the days, there was a lot of music and stuff going on in there. And a lot of these entertainers used to go there and go, this is what's going on. Let me jump on it. They call it, Quincy called it stolen. Stealing. They stole. They literally stole from what they, the Makusa song. Mama say, ma- yeah. It, it was a South African. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was it Huma Sakela. Yeah, Huma Sakela. Yeah. Michael got it from him. <laughs> Michael, he said it. He said there were songs that he took from other people, slowed it down, speed it up, and add Michael Jackson to it. Now, fast forward a little bit. Me and somebody was arguing the other day. Who is a better artist, Prince or Michael? That was the debate. So I say Prince because he created his there own stuff. There you go. And a lot of people feelings get hurt when they when like what Quincy said he stole. Yeah. Prince was a true musician. He continued to create. And so when I when I tell people about Prince and they forget this, Prince every couple of years got rid of his band. <laughs> there you go. And then recreated new people, new people. in there. And they was go. like, "No, go back." Yep. Because he wanted something different. He yep. may have kept I think he kept some of the, the guitarists here and there, but mostly he got rid of them because he felt that he needed something different. Yep. And the same people wouldn't give him anything different. There you go. It comes back to the thing with Michael now. How did Michael get the new feel of the song? How did Michael get into disco? How did Michael sing? He just didn't come up with that by no. himself. He, he actually went and saw the nightlife, the DJ playing a certain record. It comes back to the DJ and go, I want this. He saw people dancing a particular way. Madonna did it. Madonna, mm-hmm. that, that whole record, Vogue, it, it was a... a New York underground dance record that yeah. she put the Madonna twist to it. She so j- they said it then. Yeah. Oh, she went to the gay clubs and just took there that away go. from them. But 
they went back into the club and they continued to do it. Do it. Even though they was like, now they doing what Madonna. No, Madonna did what they were doing. They all, they all took. They, every last one of them. And a lot of people are mad at Quincy Jones right now. <laughs> but the truth is the truth. But Quincy Jones is, to me, is a major producer. Of course. He finds people and just continue to work that. I, I respect him. He, you know, He's old now. He he ain't got time. His ear isn't like it used to be. And probably just like a lot of people, what's out now is... is yeah. They need, produ- the they, need, they need producers like Quincy Jones. He's man of the world, listen to all kind of music, can incorporate them, get different sounds, you know, different little pieces from here and there. Um, but it... Comes back to the whole Michael thing, man. Just, uh, poor you Quincy. keep stealing. Yeah, you keep, yeah. you keep, you keep stealing. Don't, don't. But and and nothing is wrong with stealing. And a producer will tell you, you know, you get inspired by certain things. But give the person credit. I'm. I was inspired by, you know, this, 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 and this. Uh, he never did that. Right. He never did that. So there was there was a quote I think on the documentary for. Um, Bill Gates um, and he basically said average artists copy great artists steal yeah because yep. he stole everything to make Microsoft of course he, he stole stuff of course he suckered them to give it to him or he stole it before they was able to roll it out he patented before them yep same thing with music music you coming out, you have a sound, and you working on that sound. And somebody sitting there said, that is fantastic. That's- I love that. <laughs> and they go back home, look, we need to record this, record quickly. this quickly. And they be like, that's my Mas- you didn't You didn't do anything. <laughs> yep. You trying to sit there, what you tell me earlier, stop trying to perfect it. Perfect it. Yeah, they the just longer put- you perfect it, somebody's going to take it, it and run with it. And run with it. Yeah, it's who put it out first. Exactly. Yeah, that's what a lot of these, you know, the older guys did it. Oh, I mean... When I heard stories, there was a huge record in New York. I'm caught up in a one night love affair. Mm. You remember that record? Caught up in a one, in okay. one night love affair. The story with that song is there was a guy who was a co-producer. I don't know who he was. He was in the, and Leroy Burgess was telling this story. He took the track and um, they were making that song. They laid down the tracks, everything. It was late in the studio, and one of the producers. Kind of must be co-owner the lady. Mm-hmm. Took the track and go, let me borrow this. I gotta do something to it and bring it back. He took it and put Jocelyn Brown of Inner Life. And the rest is history, Michael. The record is a hit. He took the song. Yes, he took the track. <laughs> Leroy Burgess, I, and I was watching the interview. Leroy Burgess go. He was kind of upset because he helped to create it. They were in the studio. The guy took the song. And that's it. And I guess it comes back to Jedi Mind Games. Yeah. He knew somebody who could make a, put a hit vocal on this record. Because when he heard it, he was like, this sounds terrible. But if I put this woman that I have on it, it's going to sound, sound much good. better. Yeah. It's just, it's called, come back to, remember what I was telling you about Jedi Mind Games? Yep. yep. That's what you got to You got to be able to do, do it. that. But he stole it though. Yeah, he stole it. He, he just stole, stole the track and put it out. And they were like, "You heard that? It's in a life on that. This, I was supposed to be on it." Sorry. Sorry. You was too slow. Slow, yeah. And then you invited somebody in there, and the there wrong person. But it, you know, it comes back to some people are not, as I said before, not really honest. You, yeah. you don't. There's some things you want to do that you don't fit on. A lot of people come back to don't keep it real. Yep. yep. Do not keep if you can't sing, you can't sing. Just leave it alone. Or if you're not really singing, it doesn't matter what you do. Cause some people say that Erica Badu can't sing. Cause she has an awkward, awkward voice. Yes. But I love it. Yeah. I love the Ma- awkwardness of her Mary voice. Mary J. Blige was the same thing. Yeah. Mary was not a great singer. But Mary's delivery was like gut wrenching. So, it was, it yeah, was passion. She had, yes. she had all the emotion in there. Here you go. So I would love Mary. I love Mary. I'm gonna give you another story. Bob Marley mm-hmm. was not a great, great singer. Right. But Bob Marley came on that stage, shake those dreadlocks, <laughs> and just say, "Listen, this is what I'm." And everybody, because it was, comes back to being sincere. Yep. 
came back to being the feel. You don't have to be that great a singer, but be honest. Yeah. If your heart has been broken, yo, sing about. And but sing about how your heart was broken, not just how people's hearts are broken. Yeah. Because when it's personal, you hear it. Hear it right. And feel it. Being come back to being sincere. Why Bob Marley's song hit? Because an African told me this. What Bob Marley sang about was his reality. Mm. Growing up poor, had no food. Just, I, he says, I, I don't really speak English. I'm from Africa, from Senegal, mm. but I connect with Bob Marley. He didn't understand the words. He understand the feel. So let me give you another one. So I was in Germany for a couple of years, and they listened to Luther Vandross, and they listened to... Um, Johnny Gill. They couldn't understand much of what they were saying, but they felt, felt. everything how, how they sung, sung it. it. It's the feeling. So they would sit there and, and I was like, what the hell? They said, you feel it. Feel no, it. Michael, you feel it. And I'm like, wow, okay. But that's the same thing with me. I know a little Spanish. But when I listen to salsa and, and and a lot of Caribbean music, you feel it. Feel it. I'm, I got a homework, some homework for you, Michael. I want you, know you to look up a song by Lalita Hart called A Worn Out Broken Heart. And that you can't a worn, worn Out Broken Heart. Okay. Worn out. And she's basically saying, look here, I've been through a lot. My heart has been broken. It's worn out. Please. Help me fix it. Mm. Would you help me fix it, baby? Wow. Listen to me, my really? That song hits home. Because here's a woman who's singing that. Look here. These guys have been putting me through a lot. I don't, I don't need another broken heart. It's right, worn right. out. Help me be that guy wow. to fix it. Look it up. Okay. Look it up. Lolita Holloway. Every time you hear that song, I get goosebumps. Wow. It's the feel. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's the so, feel. So I appreciate you stopping by. Um, definitely would love to do it again oh, yeah. down the road um, because you always educated me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I love the Thory thing across from you. But um, we can follow you on um, Facebook. Facebook. Wayne DJ Migrate. M I G R E N E. I'm on SoundCloud and MixCloud. So and MixCloud yeah, too. I put a couple of mixes on there. Um, so that's where you're going to find me, man. If not, yeah, and on, go in there. And if you need your DJ or some production, there you go. Give me a call. Contact. Give him a call. <laughs> Thank you so much, Wayne. I appreciate your time. Anytime, Michael. And we'll see you next time on Car Wax when we'll talk to DJs, producers, or your next. Actual music review. Thank you. Great. Peace. Take care, Michael. Peace. Peace. <laughs>